everything is in the details, especially when it comes to marketing, because you're trying to kind of curate someone's experience and how they're interacting with your brand, whether that be digital, in person, and paying attention to the details can make such a difference in how people perceive you. Welcome to the Marketing Innovators Podcast. This is the show for marketing innovators everywhere who want to push the boundaries of marketing and learn about cutting edge strategies and channels that are working today. Join us each week to hear from industry-leading marketers as they share best practices and what is working for them. This episode is brought to you by 2Web. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At 2Web, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at 2Web.ca. Welcome to today's episode of Marketing Innovators Podcast. Today we have Emma Williams. Emma has spent the last eight years actively involved in the Montreal tech space, from being one of the first employees at an early stage startup to working on the support side as a program manager of an accelerator and then director of Montreal's premier tech hub. She has been immersed in all aspects of scaling a business, from operations to finance to marketing to customer support, and joined Breathe Life to help them execute on their content and marketing strategies. Emma, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So Emma, I was going through your profile here, and it's interesting how you've actually transitioned into this role. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your current role? Yeah, absolutely. Not really a a marketer by trade, let's say, or for that much of my career. I actually started working uh, for the federal government way back and then was just so frustrated by the, the lack of innovation, how slowly things moved. And I knew that I needed to like make a change and be in a more fast paced industry. And actually, in looking for new roles, I fell into the the startup world, mostly because the job that I found was two blocks from my house, uh, which I thought was very, very convenient. And that was my first role at a startup. And it really exposed me to like the fast-paced industry and how, how quick things move and change and the innovation that exists. And while I was in more kind of an operational role, I did help with brand building and with some marketing and kind of comm stuff. And so... That kind of got me a bit started in it. And from there, I transitioned to, to Real Ventures and then also as the, the campus director of Notman House. And while also operational roles, it was kind of a jack-of-all-trades type role in both of those places where we handled all of our own communications, brand building, PR, etc. And so I've always kind of done some of these more traditional types of marketing while mostly in an operational role. And then Ian Jeffrey, who's the co-founder of Breathe Life, where I work now, he was my old boss at Real Ventures and came and recruited me and said, you know, we want to have you in this role. We recognize that you're not like a marketer for the past decade, but you have a lot of the skill sets that are needed. And we want someone to take a really operational approach to how we build our brand and our communication strategy and all of our different kind of pillars of marketing. And so I've been a marketer for the, officially for the past uh, four years. So how has the marketing transitioned and evolved over the past four years? When Breathe Life first started, we were very heavily focused on the content strategy. My, my title was actually Director of Content Strategy, and that was kind of our, our go-to play. We don't say this often, but originally when we started, we thought we might be a B2C business, and that's where the content strategy came into play. We very early on recognized that it was really going to be a solely B2B business. and so. From there, we evolved really from 100% focus on a content strategy to targeting all sorts of different pillars of of very traditional marketing still, um, but event marketing, PR, 
analyst relations while still keeping our, our content strategy kind of front and center. So obviously, when taking on this role, I mean, you've uh, kind of dabbled into a variety of different marketing strategies. Um, what kind of marketing has worked, worked well for the brand? Pre-COVID, um, definitely event marketing. We target a very old school industry. Breathe Life sells to life insurance carriers. And usually the buyers at those carriers are in their 50s, 60s. They're not really being reached by digital marketing um, and digital ads. The best way to get in front of them and get them A, aware of the brand, but B, push conversations forward with them is through in-person events and getting to meet them at networking events, conferences, et cetera. And so pre-COVID, we were attending probably a conference per month with a decent sized team, whether that's you know having a booth, sponsoring, holding side events, just doing whatever we could to build our presence in a face-to-face manner and, and really get in front of our, our target buyers. So this was obviously pre-COVID. Yes. And a lot has changed in the past couple of years. Can you talk about that transition? I mean, how did you deal with, obviously, you were relying heavily on uh, you know, meeting people face-to-face and how has that changed after COVID? We definitely had to kind of take a step back and think about how we approach our audience. As I mentioned, they're not really the type of audience that's being reached through targeted digital ads, but we knew obviously that we needed to reach them digitally. And, and one of the things that we've always, one approach we've always taken at Breathe Life is to really be about value add marketing. We aren't really shameless self-promoters. We, everything we ever do is about providing value and building trust in that. And so when COVID hit, we kind of had to think, okay, what can we do to continue providing value? And so one of the things that we did, for example, was we had a library of 700 articles written that targeted people at various life stages that would trigger buying life insurance. We decided to open source all of those articles and make them accessible to life carriers and financial advisors to give them a way to target their audience digitally, because obviously they had to make the move away from in-person to reaching people online. And a lot of them might not know how to do that. And so we made that library available to everyone. We started putting on webinars once a quarter that were really about providing value where we bring together a panel of people from the industry to talk about very specific issues. And they were never about pitching Breathe Life. It was really about bringing together experts and interesting people who the industry can learn from. And so we approached it really from that sense. And we're able to really build a lot of trust with our brand over the last almost two years, really, by finding ways to digitally provide value to our buyers. I love the idea of open source content marketing. And, you know, I see a lot of companies, they go into this habit of creating content. And just because they haven't had the time or the uh, need to publish the content, the content, it dies over time. It becomes uh, less relevant. It seems you've really leveraged content marketing and taken it to a whole new level. If we can go a little bit deeper into that, I mean, how has that really impacted the brand presence of Breathe Life? Because we always had a kind of almost B2C approach to content marketing. And when we were doing a competitive marketing analysis of the industry, we noticed that no one was really putting out content. And so we figured that that would be the way that we could differentiate our brand amongst all of our competitors was by putting out value-add content from our different C-suites, so Ian, our CEO, our CTO, et cetera, publishing both on our website, but also doing a lot of guest post pieces in industry publications. And I think that that really played a big role in helping build the Breathe Life brand. 
And obviously helping build the brand in a very cost-effective manner because you're not spending a lot of money on digital ad campaigns to try and get in front of your audience. We're publishing three articles a week and at least two or three guest posts in industry publications a month. And that's really A, helping us build our SEO, but also really getting us in front of our audience and getting us in front of our audience a lot. And then having them develop trust at our expertise and our product and how we can help them. And I definitely believe that that's been instrumental in how the industry perceives us and in building our brand. I was kind of going through some of the content that you have on your website and the way that you've positioned it. It's quite beautiful in how you're trying to map out the customer journey and really align the content with the customer journey. Would you say that Breed Life, I mean, it's very different on how you pitch the company. Would you say that it's a, a disruptor in the insurance space? So we stay away from the word disruptor. We think of ourselves as an enabler. Really, in the insurtech space, you can kind of divide the companies into two categories, disruptors and enablers. And the disruptors are really the companies that are coming in and trying to replace the life insurance carrier, replace the financial advisor by using technology to do that. What we're doing is we're coming in and we're providing life carriers and agents with a technology that can enable them to do their job better, to reach more people, reach people faster, et cetera. And so we really refer to ourselves as enablers versus disruptors. Interesting. So where's the read life going in the future? The future is, is going to be very interesting. The insurtech space is kind of where the fintech space was a decade ago. And so it is very young. And Breathe Life is one of the early companies coming into this space. So I think that as we move toward the future, we'll see a lot of new insurtechs coming in. But Breathe Life is really going to be kind of the trailblazer, the name of reference for digital distribution in the life insurance industry really kind of be the one powering so much of this distribution that the other companies are coming in to kind of partner with or learn from. And so really, we hope to be powering the digital distribution of most life carriers in the US in the next five to 10 years. What about marketing though? Because you see the digital marketing landscape is a very turbulent environment and there's so many things that are changing at a rapid pace. I mean, just in the past couple of years and even this year alone, so many guidelines and so many things have changed when it comes to marketing. How are you planning to navigate that space over the next little while? It's difficult to answer because while there's a lot changing in digital marketing, the life insurance industry and the people that we're selling to, I don't think is going to change radically in the next five years or so. There is a lot of younger talent coming into the carriers and coming in particularly in the innovation roles. And those are the people who are, are the buyers for these new technologies like Breathe Life. And so we will eventually be able to reach them and kind of leverage more digital marketing tools and techniques to reach them. But I still think that in the next five years, the best way to get in front of the buyers of these carriers is really going to be traditional marketing, which are kind of more old school marketing, as I call it sometimes, but really event marketing, content strategies, a lot of leveraging analysts who are super important in the industry to build the relationships and get in front of these carriers and like very classic communication strategies. So I think it may be 10 to 15 years we're looking at, at digital marketing to be targeting the buyers in this space. But in the next five or so, it's, it's definitely still going to be very traditional marketing, which is kind of a, a bit of a blessing because as you said, digital marketing can be very complex and is changing so quickly and is really a, a beast to, to keep up with. So, so you spoke about content marketing and really being an advocate of content, uh, open source content marketing. 
What kind of different types of content have you used and have you noticed some kinds of content that are more effective than others? Really focusing on written and video. Webinars are are obviously great, but I think that everyone's a bit kind of over webinars now. Everyone went a bit crazy hosting them when COVID hit because it seemed like the best way to reach audiences. And I think there's a bit of webinar fatigue. I definitely think that written content is still a great approach. And it's where you get that written content featured. Guest posts and industry publications is always a great approach because people are reading these magazines or online blogs and they trust the brand. And so seeing articles written from the CEO of X InsureTech does carry a lot of weight to it. Um, and they are the buyers are reading these publications. So I think that really is a kind of great, a great approach and a great way in. In the insurance space, there's a, a publication called Coverager where you submit your articles to. And so it's kind of like a mix of... It's almost like medium a bit, but more curated. And so it's got that trust that the industry relies on, but it's your own kind of publication. So I definitely think content and written content is is a way forward. How do you know that? How do you, do you use any measuring tools or are there any platforms that you utilize? So for us, it's really our website is tied into our CRM system. So we can see how often, who, and kind of leveraging that and just Google Analytics really to understand who's reading our articles, how often they're reading them. It's obviously much harder to measure when they're posted in industry publications because then you you just get given like the average readership or every now and then they'll share with you how many people um, interacted with the post. But the, the, most, the best way for us is really through our website and then tying that into our, our CRM and Google Analytics. Not to be the devil's advocate, but have you tried other marketing means like email marketing or outreach marketing that is intrusive? And, and have you seen positive or negative impacts uh, as a result of that? So we do email marketing, but we try and do it in the sense still of like providing value. And so any email marketing that we do is sharing different content pieces, different reports, different things that we know that the audience would be interested in. So there still is no no real like shameless self-promotion in them. It, it is always value-add, but email marketing is definitely very valuable for us. And it, and it has pushed along a bunch, of, a bunch of leads and converted some as well, but always in sharing the content that we are building through email marketing. What about uh, social media marketing? Uh, so we don't do lots of that. We do have a LinkedIn. That's where our audience is found. Um, and we do post all of our content on LinkedIn and try and you know, tag different prospects, buyers, etc. But we don't put a lot of emphasis on it because we know that's really not where our audience is found. We, on the flip side, we do leverage like Instagram and Facebook quite a bit, but that's much more for hiring purposes. And so to kind of showcase our company culture, our progress, our growth, et cetera, to try and attract more hires. Any Google ads? A very bare minimum for brand recognition, but we don't invest a lot in them. We've, we've spent the past probably about a year and a half playing around with them. And we really don't, we don't see a lot of return on them. Um, so we have never invested very heavily. Great. So where do you see are some of the biggest opportunities for real life in, in the near future? I think that as we go into 2022, and hopefully we can get back to some in-person stuff, Breathe Life is actually launching our own in-person event. Fingers crossed it can go forward in the spring. But as, as we said earlier, event marketing has been so important for us in getting in front of people. So we decided to make the leap and host our own cornerstone event that brings together all of our clients to sit on panels and kind of talk about the platform, talk about hybrid distribution 
And hopefully a lot of our, of our prospects and kind of potential partners will attend that. And then also really leveraging analysts and industry organizations because this industry is so much about relationship building and trust and kind of trying to eliminate the risk associated with working with an insure tech. And so building relationships within the industry, like at analyst firms and industry associations, is going to be super, super critical for us. So on more of a personal note, if you could go back 10 years, what advice would you give to your younger self? I think that one of the biggest ones is that I know a lot more than I think I know. I think imposter syndrome is such a thing um, and we don't really trust ourselves. And it's only kind of as we mature and get older and get more experience that we realize that, that we did actually know a lot more than we thought we did. So to have a bit more confidence in, in everything that I do know and everything that I can do. That's so true. I mean, imposter syndrome, I mean, there was a study done that I think there was also a talk on TED a while back. And it's interesting how many people suffer from imposter syndrome. And what they realize is that imposter syndrome is more common in high achievers. So people who have this, uh, this tendency to achieve more and, and they, do, they are high achievers in the society, they just tend to experience imposter syndrome more than others. And I think it's maybe because of the, the pressure or the group of people around them, whatever the case is, there's a number of different factors that apply to that. But that's one of the factors. That's what they, that's what they found. Yeah, I mean, so it's pretty common. It's, it's very common, especially in the professional, for many professionals. So Hold ourselves to high standards. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yes. So based on your experience and the challenges that you've overcome, if there was one big takeaway that you could give to our listeners from a marketing perspective, what would that be? I definitely think, and I will uh, use a lesson learned, my current CEO, Ian Jeffrey, who is a marketer by trade and, and I've known for almost a decade and learned a lot from him and a lot about kind of marketing and brand building from him. And I really think that it's about paying attention to the details. Everything is in the details, especially when it comes to marketing, because you're trying to kind of curate someone's experience and how they're interacting with your brand, whether that be digital, in person, and paying attention to the details can make such a difference in how people perceive you. So true. So finally, where can people find out more about yourself and contact you online? So I'm not the best self-marketer. I really only use LinkedIn. Um, so that's the best place to find me, Emma Williams on LinkedIn. I need to get more into to my own brand building on, on social media. <laughs> we'll certainly include a link to your profile as well as Breathe Life uh, in this podcast. And thank you so much, um, Emma, for attending uh, the session here today. It's been wonderful to speak with you about the challenges and the experiences that you've had in marketing. So insightful. And thank you for sharing the details. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Wish you the best. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Innovators Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast. And remember to share this episode with your network. As we mentioned, this episode is brought to you by 2Web. We help your business thrive online. Learn more by visiting our website at 2Web.ca.